This one's gonna be good. Good girls plus money stories equals the perfect storm. I'm so excited about this. I even took notes because I'm like, this is the message that needs to come through for so many good women. So this one is for the good girls who want to be and ought to be making bank. So what do we mean by good girl? Lately, I've been hearing the expression good girl syndrome. I'm like, is that just like a lucky girl thing? You know, like a lucky girl syndrome? But it's not an actual diagnosis. A syndrome is something that we, that doctors use when they, they haven't diagnosed something like as a disease, but it exists and there are symptoms. So the good girl syndrome is, we all know what it is. It refers to a woman who internalizes the stereotypical social and cultural behaviors. Like this is the, a definition by some psychologists regarding how we should act. And so we're going to dive deep into how the good girl syndrome, we grew up this way. You should do this. You should do that. This is what it means to be a good girl. If you don't do this, then you're a bad girl. When you tie that in to stories around money, it really does create a perfect storm. What happens is that women become afraid of going after what it is that they really desire because they're afraid. They're afraid of, this is all subconscious, they're afraid of not being loved. They're afraid of being called uh, greedy. They're afraid of judgment from family and friends. I took my family on a trip to Peru. So my family, I mean, I took my mother on a, and my aunt, who was almost 80 years old at the time, my mother was in her 70s, and a friend to Peru. I paid for everything. It was, it was my treat. It was my gift. I was so excited to be able to do that. This was in 2012. So on the trip, we had just gotten to Machu Picchu and we were in a five-star resort and I received a phone call saying that I had just hit the million dollar mark. So in my business, I had just made a cumulative million dollars in my business. It happened in the fourth year of my business. And to me, that was something that I was celebrating. Like here I was in Peru, I had paid for my, you know, three family members. I don't remember how much it was. It's probably like $15,000 or something like that. And I was so excited. I thought it was a good thing. Of course, it's a good thing, right? It was a beautiful thing that I was able to do for my family. And I went down to breakfast and I was like, should I share it with them? Should I let them know that I've just made a cumulative million dollars? And so I tell my family, I tell my aunt and I tell my mom that I've made a million dollars in my business, cumulative. And the way that they responded surprised me and shook me. My aunt, who I love so dearly, started telling me how, I don't even think that she congratulated me. She started telling me that I should be helping so-and-so 
financially, like another member in the family. And I said, but so-and-so is a totally capable individual. Like, why is it my responsibility to be supporting this human being who is totally capable of working and of figuring out his own life? There was nothing wrong with this person. It was a, another um, family person, but I didn't see it as my responsibility to support someone else. And this is something that in my experience, 16 plus years in business, this is something that I have seen that scares women from going to the next financial level is the fear that family members are going to ask for money or that friends are going to ask for money. If you're the person that people always ask for money, well, can you imagine what's going to happen when you go to that next level and, they, and people know that you're making money? More people are going to ask. And this, this fear is related to being unloved. It's related to wanting to be liked. It's related to being a people pleaser. And so while I was surprised at, and disappointed to be frank and, and shook, I mean, I was, I was actually shook by the response. I shook it off. I was able to shake it off. And I was just like, oh, that's too bad because I was so committed and I knew that committed to my cause, I was committed to what I was doing. And at the time I have to share with you that I was not aware of money stories. I was not aware of, you know, subconscious programming, like I knew about it, but I wasn't fully aware of just how, how deeply we are programmed. And so many of us grow up as good girls. Like we worry about how are we going to be looked upon if we have all this money? Are people going to think that I'm greedy? And now I want to bring in the story of Goldilocks. Do you know the story of Goldilocks? I think most of us do. Fairy tales and storytelling, story, fairy tales and storytelling are a way for us to pass down cultural norms. I was looking before I came on, and by the way, I have a background in, in literature. I have a PhD in French literature, but I was looking at definitions of uh, different definitions of story of fairy tales and one definition said so a fairy tale this is very interesting and it relates to the good girl syndrome and to money stories a, f a fairy tale is a story in which improbable events lead to a happy ending and so i want to spend a few minutes with you talking about and revisiting Goldilocks. And if any of you have children and you haven't really thought about what fairy tales are and that they really are brainwashing. But if you are, think of Cinderella, right? Like if you are transmitting a story that is actually a happy ending, and that the morals in the story are something that you actually do want to pass on to your children, no problem. If you look at Cinderella, who is it that gets to marry the prince? It's the pretty girl, right? Not the ugly sisters. So, but let's go back to Goldilocks. So in Goldilocks, Goldilocks was a beautiful little girl who had an adventurous and wild spirit. 
This is all of us. This is you. This is where it gets me all like hyped up and emotional. That was definitely me. So give me an amen if you can relate to that. Goldilocks was a wild and adventurous spirit. She used to go out into the forest just to explore. That's when she found the house. She got lost. She found the, the three little, the three bears house and she went in. This is normally what we tend to remember about Goldilocks. End of story. Where she tastes the porridge and this one isn't good. It's too cold. It's too hot. Then she finds the one that is just right. That's what I remembered about Goldilocks. However, Goldilocks was actually lost. When she was found again and she was returned home, Goldilocks' mother scolds her and tells her, this is where the lesson, this is where the moral comes in, tells her, look how dangerous it is out there. Look what could have happened to you. Don't wander off and be wild and free because you don't know what's going to happen to you. Be a good girl. Holy moly, you guys. So Goldilocks spirit is completely sedated. Goldilocks spirit is completely sedated. She went from being wild and free. The reason that she almost got hurt in a fairy tale and we get distracted with the three cute little bears is because she went and she ventured out on her own. The moral of the story is you should be a good girl. These fairy tales, these stories are repeated over and over. These fairy tales, these stories teaching us to be good girls are repeated over and over and over again in our culture. So the moral of the story is yes, be a good girl. But behind that, even behind that, is what? What is the messaging? What happens if you're not a good girl? What happens if you are wild and adventurous and you go out there exploring on your own? She must be, you must be, I must be, we as previous girls, we must be good girls in order to be loved. We must, this gives me chills and it like fires me up. We must be good girls to be loved and we must be good girls to be safe. Mm. And so this makes sense. When we're babies and we're born, we're completely dependent. And when we're children, we're completely dependent on our parents or someone, an adult, to take care of us. And we're constantly being told, you better, I mean, I, I talk like this to our dog, but thank God it's a dog, otherwise it would have messed up our kids. But not really, right? Like, I mean, most of us have been, you know, taught to be a good girl and a good boy. And so children are programmed because everything passes straight from people and their environment straight in, into the subconscious mind. 
and they become programs and those programs are how we operate in the world when we are adults unless we do something to change it and so all of us are walking around they say some scientists say something that's 95 percent unconscious with our subconscious programming so there we have this map of how the world operates and how we're supposed to operate as women as good girls who still want to be loved who still want to be safe and then what happens when you bring in the money stories because we also are constantly being programmed especially as children when we're the most impressionable so before the age of seven, around the age of seven, actually. So before the age of seven, till about the age of seven, everything that children hear, I mean, everything, everything in their environment, they pick up and it's just a recording advice, recording a device. And so nothing gets filtered. And after that, we are constantly hearing stories and not after that, but throughout, we're hearing stories about money. And what are the kinds of things that you would hear about money growing up? I heard my, my mother always says money doesn't grow on trees or like, oh, that's too expensive. I mean, I was talking about this, I think even yesterday, where going to the grocery store with my mom now is a nightmare. I'm a multi-millionaire and I do not like to go to the grocery store with my mother because it it brings up past stuff. I mean, you know, she'll see a tomato that's $3 a pound and she's like, oh my God, you can't pay for that. She was having a fit that I wanted to buy. Oh, okay, my brother, my brother and uh, his wife came to town for Christmas and they their flight was delayed and I said, well, let's go to the supermarket and I got them an Airbnb and I wanted to bring them food. I know they were they were coming very late and so I took her to like a Whole Foods type of place. I walked in with her and I was like, well, you know, I don't know if they're gonna like this or like that. And my mom would not let me purchase because she was like, that's too expensive. You can't pay $7 for this. You can't pay $7 for this. They're not even gonna eat it. The yogurt that I wanted for them because whatever their dietary um, restrictions was like $8 at $7 a yogurt. I think it's called what's it called? I forgot what it's called, but it's amazing. And so I spent like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something like that. And like five or six yogurts or something. And my mother was having a fit. My point with that is that that's how I grew up. And so unless we change our money condition, unless we consciously do work to change our money conditioning, we are living and walking around with these old programs, even though consciously we're doing things to strive. So depending on the experiences that we've had growing up or even up until now, something that might be shocking, right? Something that like comes and shocks you. That's another way to imprint it upon us. We cultivate, we cultivate certain beliefs around about ourselves and money. And so I'll give you an example, um, growing up and an ambulance just passed and my dogs are going to start all howling. Everyone's going to start howling. So that actually has to do talking about like primitive responses that has to do with the, the ambulance sound 
activating something primal where another wolf is lost and they make this sound to find each other. They're primal beings, but so are we. We're not as evolved as we'd like to think that we are. So back to money and how certain events can shape us. The example that I had, so growing up, my brother had uh, was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, and we went to South America. We were living in South America. We moved to the United States, and then we went to visit family in South America when my brother was still sick. And I remember my aunt, one of my aunts, took us to a donut shop. And I don't know if she didn't have the money to buy me one or whatever. And my brother got the donut and I didn't get the donut. And then she looks at me and she's like, you're not sick. And even this morning, I'm like, oh my God, I think I just had a breakthrough that when you're sick, you get more attention. And so unconsciously, the program is, well, I better be sick to get the attention that I desire. So that was one message that got translated into my consciousness and, my, and that was implanted within me. So you must be sick to receive, but also was the message of unworthiness. You are not worthy. And so what I see women dealing with all the time, women who are intelligent, women who are brilliant, women who are kicking ass in business, they still deal with this belief that they are not enough, that they are not deserving of more. All of this is subconscious. And so you have, you've been, you've been programmed, we've been programmed about what it means to be a, a good person, what it means to be a good woman, what it means to be, or what it means to be a good girl, what it is that we have to do to be loved and to be safe. Then we become women who haven't updated this map, enter the money stories or the programming that, that comes in and then we translate that to mean that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy, that we're not deserving, that if, um, that if we make a lot of money that we're not going to be loved. And then of course, the, the human mind is a meaning-making machine. And so everyone is going to respond differently. But like I said, I've seen this over and over again at all the levels. I'm not talking, the, the women that I work with, they're women who are successful, who are, and by educated, I don't think that you need a college degree to be educated. They're women who consciously, and I don't mean unconsciously, I mean consciously, they've made the decision to kick ass. They've made the decision to build businesses. They've made the decision to build beautiful lives. And so consciously, you're, you are taking actions to make or create a beautiful life, and yet you still have those subconscious programs, unconscious programs that are running the show. And so this is why if you have this conflict, if you have this 
conflict between the, the conscious, the one that's thinking, the one that's taking action, the one that is able to say yes, no, yes, no, and the subconscious programs, it's freaking hard to move. It feels like it's hard to move. And so again, I see women saying all the time, like, I don't know why, I don't know why I feel this. Or, you know, I'm doing all the things, but then I'm not able to break through. And I'll share with you how this has played out in my own life. And I'll, I'll give you the very shortened version of that. Because my brother had cancer when, when, he, when we were little, I realized that the way for me to get attention, luckily I didn't, I, I didn't hang on to the one that I needed to be sick, but I think there was some of that as well. For me, it was you need to achieve in order to be loved. Because I noticed, my ch the child within me noticed that when I achieved good grades, when I did well in school, that I got praise. So what made me a good girl was achievement. So fast forward, I grew up on public assistance, all these money stories, all these things that I would see in my reality. And I got my PhD because I knew that getting my PhD, I thought anyway, would be the way out of poverty. And so I got my PhD. I got an amazing job after, after my doctoral studies at the university. And then I stumbled upon the business that I'm, I'm still currently in. And this organization really valorized and championed and rewarded achievement, which is a good thing, right? But it was like I went from my money programs and what it means to be a good girl and a good woman and what it takes to be loved and admired and all of that and to feel safe straight into a place that rewarded that story. And so it was freaking easy for me to keep achieving, 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 because the more I achieved, the more I was told that I was a good girl and the money came. The money came because I loved what I was doing because I was good at it, but also because I was I was built, I was programmed to succeed. So what I didn't realize well into my being a, an extremely successful woman was that I had tied up worth and achievement of accolades to, and, and, and self-worth I had tried self-worth to achievement and to money. And this is something that I see over and over again for women as well. What happens when you don't have the status anymore? You're fucked. What happens when the money's not flowing and you have your worth tied up to the dollar amount. What happens when you keep working, keep working, keep working so you could be good enough and you can get, get, keep getting the accolades? 
what happened to me was that the money was there and it kept flowing. But because I was so focused on just achieving, something got lost in translation and then it just wasn't hitting the spot anymore. All the money in the world. And I was like, wait, why am I unhappy? And that's really when the soul work began. And now I can honestly tell you that I feel my sense of worth without it having been being tied to the money. And my desire, so why am I making this live? Well, for multiple reasons. But number one is to simply illustrate for you, because it's not my job, it, it's to point out that it can be a perfect storm when you've been raised to be a good girl then you bring in the money stories and the result is that you could be striving, taking all the actions, but if you've got this programming about good girls and money stories that have not been examined, you could be feeling that you're not worthy of success even though you're successful. I'm not talking to broken people who feel broken. No, I'm talking to women who no, they're here to do great things. You are successful. You're doing great. Everyone thinks that you're doing great by societal norms, outside of societal norms, yet you know that there's another level that you haven't cracked. And I'm telling you that here is the area to look. It's in the subconscious programming and that it's time to write new stories. And how do you do that? Well, that's what I do. And there are many different modalities, right? So I have two things that I want to share with you. So number one, if you listened all the way through, is the million dollar heart, the paradox masterclass, where we'll dive deeper into this topic. What's today, Thursday? Thursday, it's $10. Tomorrow, will go up to $20. The next day, $30. Just super fun. It's called the million dollar heart, well, the masterclass. And I plan to drop some a code, a success code, a money code. But what... The real experience that I'm really, really excited about is my Money Magnet program. I so wholeheartedly believe in the transformation of this program. I believe and I have the proof, the testimonials. I began, I decided to teach this program like at a gas station. Somebody had posted something like, oh, you know, for those of you who know, like have money codes, how do you like how do you how do you do it and i was like i know i know i have the money codes i know how to do it and so i at the gas station i created a link car wash at the car wash i created a link i posted it we had 17 people sign up it was amazing and um and i thought that i was teaching people how to manifest money how to attract money because i had done that and i truly believe and know that I've cracked the code. It's a, it's a, it, and if you crack the code, you could repeat repeating it over and over and over again. And I have zero debt, right? Like I have a car that we lease, but that's it. The house is paid for, everything is good. And my point is that it's not a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. It's a system, it's a code, it's a process. And when I taught the program, I thought that it was just a manifestation, you know, and money program. But what I began to see was that the women were like, you taught us a currency of being. And I was like, what the hell is that? And the women began to transform. And the women that I taught at first weren't even women in business. 
but they ooh, <laughs> I just got chills just remembering they felt themselves transformed. And so if you watch a live from like two days ago, I my client Sharon hopped on. I didn't even know, I didn't even know I was gonna do a live. I just wake up and I'm like, I'm gonna do a live today. So Sharon came on and Sharon came on and you know, I didn't even know that I was gonna go live. She didn't know that she was gonna see me live. And then she started talking and what she said was that she thought that she would have money jumping into her lap right away. And that could absolutely happen. Like people in the program, they receive like instant, you know, uh, checks in the mail and all that stuff can happen because you open yourself to the possibility of receiving. But when it comes to generating, first of all, it's about clearing money blocks, breaking generational patterns around money. That, that usually doesn't happen in an instant. And then what I want for you, my intention for you, my desire for you is to keep making money and creating genera generational wealth. Well, that requires a beingness and a repetition of the way that you move in the world. That is money magnet. That is money magnet now. It wasn't back then because I didn't have all that awareness that I had just a few that I have now. I didn't have the awareness when I first created the course. So the course is getting a total up level. It's going to be live. We're talking about breaking generational patterns. We're talking about creating wealth long term. Magnetizing money, having fun, loving yourself, saying screw this good girl stuff. And so that's it. Okay. So I have not released the link to anyone unless somebody DMs me. And so currently you can DM me if you made it all the way through for the special pricing and it'll be available just a few more days when I wake up and I'm like, all right, we're launching this thing and then it's going to be a different price. So it's going to go up. Okay. That's it. So you can send me a message. I hope that you found this useful. I hope that you found this enlightening. I know that it's at least, at the very minimum, some food for thought for you. And I want to see you flying high, being whatever you want to be, good girl, bad girl, you making all the money that you want to make without limit. Because of course you deserve it. Your worthiness has nothing to do with this. Like, of course. All right. I had a blast doing this for you. I hope the rest of your day is magical and I'll talk to you later. See you in the DMs.